Oh. Hi. You're um, wearing exactly the same clothes as last week. <laughs> <laughs> if this was a podcast that was including video material, I would be anxious about that. However, it's not exactly. Although I did take a couple of screenshots in the hope that they would be um, useful for the show notes, but you cut those bits out. Yeah, but I'm, I might just like talk about my sweatshirt again. <laughs> so you can cut it out again. <laughs> so I can cut it out. Cut it out again. Not, I'm going to turn you off. Okay. <laughs> See how we managed to avoid that one. We, we have each we- weekly bets as to when the Kinsey scale will be uh, discussed. <laughs> oh, I just did it. <laughs> yeah, I did wonder this morning when I was walking the dog. I was thinking, <laughs> was that a little bit sort of um, flippant and dismissive of a conversation that we had last week that was actually quite um, quite open and detailed, and then we just reduce it to a silly game. And, yeah, but that's, that is interesting, isn't it? Because, of course, that's, um, that's doing precisely what I've done all my life. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I guess if you just dropped into that episode without having heard the one before, you'd be going, what? What's a yeah, strong that, six? I think. Well, I think we start with. I think we start with saying it's a strong Kinsey six. So oh, there is the sense that even even but we if don't you know what the it, you don't know what the it is though. No, I guess exactly. no one will ever know. No one will ever know. But I was thinking. I. <laughs> I don't know if this is relevant, but I was putting Jeffrey's poo in a bin as I was having this conversation <laughs> with myself in my head, thinking, I wonder if that undermines the openness and honesty of the conversation that we had about, you know, oh. sliding along the scale and maybe being a two or a three. So why did, but that you were doing that while putting Jeff's shit in a bin, a skip? Um, it was a bin. It wasn't a skip. I don't, hire, doing... <laughs> I don't hire building skips to dispose of Jeffrey's ordure. <laughs> <laughs> that was just unrelated. That was an unrelated fact, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. It was. Um, you weren't tri- triggered into thinking about no, sliding. No. I just. What happens is when I come back from the walk, Bob says, "Tell me everything that happened on the walk." Ah. And I told her everything that happened on the walk, and that includes the points at which Jeffrey poops and where I collect it and everything. Who we saw, what we sniffed, wow. who we barked at. So it's really at. you're doing a sort of um, a documentation of uh, walks with Jeff. I am doing that, yeah. But, in, I, you know, entirely just through, through language. But what yeah. was interesting is because I've got into this habit of collecting the experience of walking to, re- to bring it back to Bob, there are certain sort of flashbulb moments where I can remember what I was thinking about in a particular moment. Because, you know, I'm just sort of more attuned to remembering things. Okay, gotcha. So it is uh, that, um, you know, that uh, yeah. aid memoir where you exactly put things, you put so things I, in different rooms in a house. And, exactly. And, but it and just I happens just... to be that the things you're putting... <laughs> are, are bags of dog shit <laughs> into various bins. Well, it's better than leaving them hanging on trees, which oh. is quite the thing in this country. Why is that less obnoxious than just leaving poo on the floor? This is a podcast in which two friends have serious conversations about silly things and silly conversations about serious things. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. (laughs) 
Did I? I don't know if it made the cut last week, but I mentioned that we'd had some trouble with our freezer. And yes, it made the cut because it, we 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 reflected upon the sad loss of your gnocchi. gnocchi. <laughs> nice, nice. Thank you. I practice. No, I'm so glad that you really didn't stoop to say gnocchi, <laughs> like gnocchi on a door, like that. Anyway, so we live in a flat, which means when I say that we rent. We don't, we're not owners. Our landlord, who I suspect is not listening. (laughs) (laughs) But if you are, maybe skip the next couple of minutes. Our business is conducted via WhatsApp because who doesn't communicate with their landlord through emojis on WhatsApp? Um, Hope you had a good week. This morning we noticed uh, that things in our freezer were defrosting even though the freezer was on. It's still getting power but not freezing anything. So some mechanism is broken. I don't know how old the freezer is, which is a way to say it's been here as long as we have. But is there any chance, do you think it might be able to be fixed? Thanks. Get a text after I'd gone to bed from him. Hi, Simon. Thanks for, as in like... The artist Number four. F- that's the artist formerly that. known as Prince. Uh, <laughs> uh, thanks for message slash mine is doing the same slash have you researched online? <laughs> <laughs> I said, cheers. How do you mean? <laughs> we went through the manual and have had no luck. <laughs> he goes, hi there. Kewl, K-E-W-L. <laughs> thumbs, <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> So, do you rent off a 14-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, dear landlord, you can start listening again. I don't think there's anything more that needs to be said after, you just, after what you've just asked. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to, uh, to have potentially caused offence. And I think there's a little moment where he, go, where he goes, no worries. After that, no worries, I'll pop over Monday when convenient, okay, and then gives the... I'm assuming it's a okay symbol, but it could be a white power symbol depending on your understanding of that okay symbol. Wow. The subtlety of hand gesture. The subtlety of hand gesture. This is why we can't communicate only in emojis. We need some context. I do have some friends who are extraordinary, and I think there tend to be people with uh, teenage children that they have adopted and um, are able to emojify yeah. the shit out of a text message and uh-huh. um i always i love it i love it but there's also part of which goes oh it must take so long to learn no oh, to actually to, just oh, to, to, to tap them yeah to, to actually write the messages i just use the three now anyway so it's just like the aubergine the squirty water and the uh, the peach, peach. And that's everything that you need uh, and we're back to a six <laughs> strong six <laughs> it doesn't have to be a strong six. Oh yeah, it's like you can get the word "strong" like that and drop it really deep into the resonating part of your throat. Strong mm, six, strong, as opposed to just a six, which or sort of strong, sits somewhere. Strong six, strong six, <laughs> which you might say were you on the receiving end of the aubergine. <laughs> I'm cutting this out. <laughs> You sure are. I sure am. And um, here's just a little moment for you to add it back to because, uh, dear listeners, Lee had said something rude and he's just had to cut that out. Yeah. Project normal. Was it subject normal? <laughs> subject normal. I like project normal. Yeah. Midlifing. Project normal. <sighs> are you okay? Am I okay? Yeah. I am, <laughs> actually. 
Annie. Oh, <laughs> I made hell. a courgette cake last night. Mm. That was nice, which I had for breakfast this morning. Mm. Uh, so that was good. I enjoyed that. I also had some boiled eggs. Who doesn't love a boiled egg? Mm. Ever since I learned that boiled egg hack of boil for seven minutes, plunge into ice cold water, take straight out of the ice cold water, and you get the perfect jammy egg. Oh, where did you learn that? Was that lifehacker.com? Remember those? Remember that website? I think it probably still goes. I th- is that the one that has pictures, like sort of, um, like no. sort of little illustrations of how to? Oh, no, oh. that's WikiHow, isn't it? That's WikiHow, yes. I guess that will have to be in the show notes. Yeah, probably, unless I cut this out, because I am mercurial like that. Yeah, I have been thinking about how much, I think I might have mentioned it last week, just how much power you wield. I don't feel like this is a safe space for me. I don't feel like this is um, uh, some kind of equitable friendship we have i think there's something that's undermining the the evenness of this friendship yeah so you've got the uh, the joy of a new freezer coming or or somebody coming to fix well no the what i've done is we defrosted it completely gotcha got it back to project normal uh room temperature and then this morning i have turned it back on mm-hmm. shut the lid and just turned the thermostat up you know a point. Actually, it's a seven-point scale, the thermostat on our freezer. We've got a Kinsey, Kinsey? Kinsey scale. Um, <laughs> Kinsey scale freezer. It, it goes one to seven, not right. zero to six. Yeah, just so it's that's a, a little confusing. Missed an opportunity. Yeah. Also, because zero, I think, would be a little confusing. With Anyway, I always that's have that true. slight moment with thermostats. Is when I turn this to five, it's making it colder, right? Would that be your... Yeah, I would say that... In a, in a fridge or freezer context, the higher the number, the colder the, colder, the experience. Yeah. It, is, it is counterintuitive, isn't it? Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, so I've just turned it up a little bit, and I'm going to put it on, leave it on for a couple of hours, stick my head in and go, oh, it seems to be getting cold, or it's not. I suspect yeah. it won't, or it might get a little bit. I don't know. It'll, um... Anyway, it's, and so at that it's point... something to look forward to. Yes, it is. And um, I set a timer. And... Uh, I'm a timer-setting kind of person, which is probably not a surprise for you. I know that you set timers because I have been in your flat when varying timers have gone off because you have varying projects all going on at the same time. It's like being in a, a kind of a plate-spinning experiment. A plate-spinning ex- Oh, dear. I'm not sure whether to be flattered or appalled. Oh, be flattered. Yesterday, I, I had a timer on while I was walking Jeff in the evening because I had a cake in the oven, the mm-hmm. aforementioned courgette cake, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't want it to catch on. So I put a timer on that would go off five minutes before the timer was due to go off at home, which was due to go off ten minutes before the cake was <laughs> due to come out. <laughs> I see, I wouldn't remember that kind of complexity. Which is why I set the timer. So I knew that That's when like it went like off, inception for knowing it, when it, it to... It kind uh... of is, isn't it? When the timer goes off in my pocket, it means I have to head home in order <laughs> that I can hear the timer in the kitchen in order to be able to say, there's another ten minutes. Uh, <laughs> Some, somebody Bob and I know said, hi, Lee, how are you? I said, I can't talk. I have a cake in the oven. Just that was my only response. And Bob was with me on the walk and she said, I guess I'll be talking to him then. <laughs> because I just carried on walking and made her have a conversation. Because I, I haven't got oh, time for this. Great. Jeffrey needs to get to the corner for him to be able to satisfy his evening exercise needs. So the, the weird thing about the, you know, the freezer, to go back to, to, to answer your question, is that I'm... 
going to find get a sense of that, and then I think I'm going to say to the landlord, who's I don't quite know why he's saying he'll pop over and take a look, because if you knew our landlord, you would know that he is not a freezer expert. <laughs> so, <laughs> in fact, I imagine you could probably could have guessed. I was thinking somebody who, who spells cool with a K, <laughs> I'm pretty confident, is not a freezer expert. They may well be. <laughs> I really hope... I really hope he's not listening. Well, I was about to say they may well be an expert in popular culture. Yes. So, yeah, and uh, I think that um, I don't know what he'll do at that point. I mean, the thing is, he would tend to be someone who wouldn't want to risk spending money on it being repaired in case it couldn't be repaired. So you might end up with a new one. Yes, and so little I had quite a detailed conversation about whether we could live without a freezer. Could you live without a freezer? Yeah, quite easily. What would you miss? Ice. And I don't mean that in a sarcastic <laughs> way. I, exactly that. I would miss ice in drinks. That would be the thing I would miss. Everything else I can live without. Right. See, I make ice cream, which is very difficult. I very it. rarely eat it, so it's not something that I would miss. If I want ice cream, which I very rarely do, I will go across the road and ask Johan from the gelato shop. You do have a good gelateria uh, there yeah. in southwest yeah. England. That is true. Um, like normally when I bake bread, I bake two loaves and then put one in the freezer. Gotcha. So right. we have to find a place for the second loaf or I just bake one at a time, which increases, you know, it's a little bit of a fat. And we do tend to make things that we think, let's put that in the freezer when, when, for, and eat it on a day when we don't feel like cooking. Yeah. There's a bit of that going on. But I think yeah. it's possible that we could live without a freezer. Yeah. Also, saving. I mean, they're not, they're not cheap things to run. <laughs> Oh, my Lord, that came from nowhere. I went outside this morning ah, to so have you're, uh, breakfast you're, you're... With, um, with my nephew. Right, I thought you went outside <clears throat> just to snort pollen off leaves. So <laughs> I well, have... may well have. I shamed myself because he just got a pain de chocolat and I got an entire almond chocolate croissant and a cinnamon bun. <laughs> and my six foot three, 16, 15, 16 year old nephew had one little thing and I had to. Yeah, but you were paying, I'm guessing. I was. Oh, I don't think that. Oh, maybe he... Maybe he was feeling a little bit self-conscious. He's quite polite, beautifully polite, but I don't think he would... um... Oh, I don't know. I Mm. think if he's quite polite, he's polite enough to remember that you say yes to something, but you don't have what you really want, which is, I'll have everything off the top shelf uh, and three things off the bottom. You choose. Uh, You can just blend them and pour them directly into my (laughs) face. Finn, uh, if you're listening, info at midlifing.net. Let us know if uh, if uh, you... Polite you... or just not a glutton? <laughs> <laughs> so, Freezer, worrying about having it replaced. Here's a question for you. Mm. I completely understand oh, that you tempted, and Lil... You've really tempted me into thinking that we shouldn't um, get it replaced. Just get it removed so we can have the space and use it for something else. What would you use it for? Would you put a sauna in there? You've seen our the cupboard where our freezer goes, right? It would be a stand-up sauna for one. I was going to say, you can stand up in a sauna. <laughs> it's fine. Um, yes, or a heat, uh, one of those things that, uh, tanning, a tanning thing, upright. Oh, but that's actually bad for you, whereas saunas are excellent for you. Yeah. Everybody should be saunering. I love that you're saying sauna. Because uh, I said sauna to begin with, and I realised that I I prioritised the Swedish pronunciation, and I wanted to also make sure that any of our Finnish listeners won't be upset. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because... Big shout it's, out it's, to our Finnish listeners. We don't have any Finnish listeners, do we? Mm, I'm going to, um, next week, I'm going to uh, put my VPN on to Finland and then download uh, our 
podcast and listen to it from Finland. I'm not going to do that. I am going to send this podcast to one of my friends in Finland. And I clearly haven't done a very good job of marketing if they're not listening to this. We haven't done a good job of marketing. Um, Uh Speaking of the world and the people in it. Oh, I feel a segue coming on. Yes, it is a segue. One of the things that uh, happened to me after we recorded our last show was that I went and saw a friend in the middle of London. We met at uh, Southbank, which uh, for our English listeners will know is uh, on the Thames there and not far from Waterloo Station. In In fact, across from Westminster, more or less, isn't it? Yes, but I think it's worth reminding ourselves that perhaps our English listeners don't know this. Remember, let's not be metrocentric. There are lots of people in the UK and in England that don't give a shit about what happens in London. Yes, London is not the sun around which the rest of England circles. Despite how I think many (laughs) of the institutions that are located there will think otherwise. I'm talking to you, National Theatre. Well, actually, the National Theatre was where we met. um, Oh, it's a lovely building. Outside, uh, there's there's a statue of Laurence Olivier. I'm familiar with his work. With a sword in front of him. And he's like, he's looking as if he's talking to a sword. Would you know what play that is from? Well, um, is he saying, is this a dagger I see before me? So it's probably from Macbeth. I'm guessing that, uh, and I think I even said, is this a sword I see before me? Which is not quite the same thing, is it? Weird. I don't really think of uh, Olivier as as Macbeth. I think of him as either, weirdly, Othello, which is deeply problematic, or... um, Hamlet, maybe because I've seen his Hamlet a lot. Do you mean the play, the entire play, Othello, is deeply problematic? No, I mean Olivier being Othello is deeply oh, yeah. problematic. Yeah, right. So the thing about that statue as well, he's very small. We, my friend and I, we noticed this. We noticed it after we looked at a war memorial in which the soldiers, who were very strangely arranged, were just noticing how big they were. You know, just that 1.5 times regular size. Mm. Not so big that you think they're mammoth. Yeah. But certainly big enough where you go, oh, hang on. Are they just really big men? Yeah. Yet Lawrence was, was, um, had been slightly hobbited. Oh. Yeah. It was, it's quite, it's quite a normal Rendered less than. Yes. The colossus of the English stage rendered slightly hobbity. <laughs> ah, show title. And, um, <laughs> so we walked across, we walked down past, uh, Anyway, it's not that important. We went across one of the bridges to the north side of the river. And my friend had warned me that he'd got caught up on the way there, that there was a protest slash march, I guess protest march would be the words we'd use, that was seemed to be about anti-mask. People shouldn't be wearing oh, masks. Right, yes, because the, the Met talked about their concern that, that last Saturday would be one of the busiest of the year for them. In relationship to, I, I, I think they're called freedom marches, aren't they? That was that was the common word I saw. So we went across the bridge and saw in front of us a dense crowd of people, which was the direction we were going to be going towards the park. So we turned right, because that was pretty much the only direction we could turn, Okay, thinking we'll get around that. So this density. was a choice, was that a choice that you were making or were, were things like actually closed off? It was... We were just doing the best we could to avoid this crowd. Gotcha. Okay. It turns out it wasn't the best direction to turn. We oh. um, turned into the march. Oh, so, no! <clears throat> yeah, it was pretty funny because... And so my friend instantly put his mask on because I didn't want to make uh, him feel um, isolated or left out. I put mine on as well. And we walked 
We had we did effectively did a two person march in the other direction of the all of the marches towards us, who were holding up a lot of signs about freedom, about God. There was a lot of God ones. It was an really? ex- it was an extra. Yeah, I didn't quite know. Uh, it was like God decides, and it was as my friend said, it was an extraordinary collection of people. It would be hard to imagine a collection of people like this. In any other circumstance, how did this group of people end up being on this street at this time? And it was very hard to know what it was. That's why it's interesting you say Freedom March, because it wasn't clear necessarily. But I guess what I'm saying is that they, were, they seemed to be there for many, many different reasons. Yeah. There was no underlying... It's definitely a sense of vaccinations and masks being being ridiculous or being un verifiable uh and also a very strong sense of um hoaxes right so this is where this is where that complexity of um of communities coming together starts Mm. to to coalesce because anti-vaxxing is one thing but QAnon is another but they're effectively they've been sort of corralled into a similar place haven't they? There's, there seems to be a lot of overlap. I know that in the early days of the lockdown, the first one, there were quite a lot of think pieces about marriages that had broken up because one or other of the partners had fallen down a conspiracy theorist rabbit hole, yes. starting with, oh, this lockdown feels a bit tricky, to masks don't do anything to the vaccine is going to put chips in you to everybody knows that hillary clinton is actually a lizard and she sacrifices children in a pizza shop that's right that's right it's uh it's there are not many degrees of separation between the first one and 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 pizza pizza gate no except of course it's really you say that out loud masks don't necessarily work to somebody is a lizard it feels like there should be a lot of degrees so you were experiencing that sense of a we're, mixture exactly and and i think you know i i don't know this but united by i would say an extraordinary lack of trust in i'm going to just say institutions yeah particularly institutions of governance okay. and i don't mean the government per se but yes but yeah. also science as an institution and the way in which it is in partly well not partly is almost entirely responsible for our health we we have our health we live as long as we do because of science right and and that was it was a little bit disarming people said a few things to us you know one person said do you feel safer meaning wearing masks and mm. um and i just i i tend to not I'm the opposite of my father in this situation. He would utterly engage and he would engage in the most interested and curious and genial uh, way possible. And I'm terrified. Are you able to put your finger on what the anxiety is in that moment? Uh, Escalation. Gotcha. Okay. And also I've had enough experiences of violence at the hands of men, either directly or indirectly. So seeing it or being on the receiving end of it and the lines between it being okay to not being okay. 
to make me very risk averse in a situation like that. But then the other critical thing was it doesn't matter what I say. You're not going to be able to engage in a conversation in that moment. You're not going to be able to meet that person with curiosity, hoping that they're going to meet you with curiosity back and you might be able to walk away having shaken hands and said, okay, we're on different sides of this conversation, but we respect each other's perspectives. Which would be different if we happened to be on a, I don't know, a a sailing ship, you know, like a boat trip and we were boating around the Mediterranean because that's exactly the kind of holiday I would... uh, (laughs) Not to take, uh, but anyway, imagine you just not hypothetically, taking a holiday. and uh, that we, you know, ended up spending time and talking, and that that would be like, it's like the opposite of that because I could be in that world. The weird thing about it was that it was just right next door to a, a free Palestine protest, which was just right next door to a extinction rebellion protest. I said to my friend, it was like being on a film set where they'd had the, okay, this is the shot where we're going to set up this uh, one, and then just over here we're going to set up this, and let's move the crew over here. And it was so weird, Lee Miller. It was Mm. the strangest. And the Extinction Rebellion one was the most frustrating. And it's weird because it's also the one that I'm probably the most politically aligned with, you know, in terms of where my politics lie, particularly, you know, obviously in relation to the environment. But it was, they were making, they had a kind of orchestra of drums, I mean, my friend and I hadn't seen each other for 18 months and we were sitting and, you know, having quite a detailed and complex and really beautiful conversation. And uh, the noise from Extinction Rebellion, I was thinking, I'd just go, I would happily go up there and say, I will devote all of my money the rest of my life if you just, just, just shut up. And, um, but we could have moved mm. and we did eventually. We were driven out by Extinction Rebellion. Again, who I really, you know, it did remind me of, um, I'm talking a lot here. You're going to have a hard time getting up your regular percentage in this uh, episode, eh? That's okay. I've got so much from other episodes I can just put in. Don't worry about it. Okay, phew. I was a little uh, concerned for you then. But um, I was reminded because my, have I told you this? My dad was a, he was a big protester. Uh, no, you've general. never said that. Yeah, he was, uh, he was, uh yeah, protests, marches, he was always. Um, and one of the things he understood about protests, which I think is really interesting when I was looking at Extinction Rebellion, again, who I really, I'm so with them. Like, I'm so with what they're doing in terms of um, civic disruption. So, yeah, just to, I just don't want to, I'm not trying to us and them Extinction yeah. Rebellion, not for a second. And my father was really interesting because he he understood that how he looked and how he dressed mattered when he protested. And that the thing he could best do, and these are mostly, he was big on anti-apartheid marches, like his thing was about um, protesting against uh, uh, the apartheid regime in South Africa. And uh, he would wear a suit. Right. He never wore a suit, Lee. Yeah. Next time on Midlifing. I mean, I, I'm, I, and I'm this. I really mean this is a serious thing, um, and I'm not trying to trivialize what you've just talked about at all. But there is a Bruce Springsteen song um, called "Glory Days," and it's it's a you know it's him kind of going you know remember about this guy who was a high school uh, baseball star or whatever, and look at him now, and there's this kind of and it's not his life's trash now, um, but it is going wow those days are they are they have their time and place. 